Let's all go to the lobby. 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 To get ourselves a treat. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, the weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbaum. And I'm your other host, Jordan Dennis. This week, we will be talking about three new releases. Three? Three. That's more than two, but less than four, Kyle. Exactly. The first one on the docket is the new Ridley Scott film, the second Ridley Scott film of the year, House of Gucci. Then there is the new Disney animated film, Encanto. And then finally, yet another video game adaptation, and the second adaptation of this franchise, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Before we get into all that, how you doing, Jordan? I... I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I I'm, I'm full. We just had a big delicious meal after a, a lovely day at the movies. Um, so you know, I'm 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 content. I'm ready to talk about some some good to middling films with we, you today. We saw a movie that we will be talking about in a few weeks. Uh, let's just say that it is it is the original of a remake that is a hotly anticipated remake. That is dropping very soon. What so. could it be? Whoa, no, 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 what, what, you know, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it's Nightmare Alley. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. All right. Um, but yeah, how are you doing, man? I'm fine. Nice. I'm all right. I love that we are both just kind of riding, that we're just barely clinging to life and sanity right now. Yeah. You some, and me, man. Sometimes I want to die, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it cuts the feet off right there. <laughs> you see anything? I, well, well first off. How was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving, I worked. Oh. I worked on Thanksgiving. That sucks. Yeah, it was awful. I'm so sorry. I did not work Thanksgiving, so I watched a couple movies. I watched uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Great movie. Great movie. Thanksgiving classic. Very funny. John Candy, Steve Martin. uh, Great chemistry. I rewatched Fantastic Mr. Fox. Remains impeccable. And I rewatched uh, Knives Out, which is a, a absolute banger. Very fun movie. Awesome. So some a good a good heaping helping of uh, Thanksgiving movies. Good, and then good to, fall ones. And then to ring in the Christmas season, I uh, performed my annual tradition of watching Die Hard, the best Christmas movie. Yeah. Perfect film. Yeah. Not a thing I would change about it. Yeah. It's awesome. It kicks ass start to finish. Yeah. It's it, it's surprising how much it holds up. Yeah. For a movie like like of that era, like it's it's very simple, it's very focused, and and it 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 just like builds upon itself in such a natural way that you're always like, what the fuck is gonna happen next? Uh, very cool movie. Bruce Willis, great. Uh, Alan Rickman, rest in peace. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, Die Hard's good. Do you need me to? Fucking... Obviously, Die Hard's good. Yeah, all the all three you listed are ones I like. Plane Trains and Automobiles is a classic. Yes. Um, I love Knives Out. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, you bumped to a five, didn't you? I did, you? I did. I saw it's that. Good. It's good, um, it's more than good, it's awesome. The fall, a fall film you should check out when you get the chance, I guess it's technically a miniseries, but it's the length of a film is uh, Over the Garden Wall. I keep seeing people like that. It's good. Um, it's here's good. the thing, I don't watch fucking cartoons, Kyle, I'm, I'm a, I'm too, cat. I'm too busy getting laid to watch cartoons. That's cat. So... <laughs> That's Cap. Cartoons, fire. Cartoons are pretty cool. What's your favorite cartoon, just ever? Ever? Yeah. Can I see that? Um, Can I see a little bit of the thing? Thank you. Are you talking adult or children's? Just any. 
Oh, any God, cartoon? that's such a tough question. What's your favorite cartoon ever? You know, the first three seasons of SpongeBob are pretty legendary. They are pretty good. First one that comes to my mind is Avatar. Yeah. The Last Airbender. Right. That's a perfect show. That's have right. you watched that yet? Yeah, yeah. Who hasn't watched that that we know? What I've said before is I have watched all of it multiple times, never in order. Because oh. I grew up on Nickelodeon and I've seen it all. I got you. I want to get that Blu-ray set eventually, so one day I'll I'll sit you down and we'll. And I've heard I want to watch Legend of Korra too. I've heard it's good. I I started Legend of Korra years ago before I really understood the nuances of strong female characters, so mm. I didn't really get into it back then. But uh, I'd definitely be, be willing to give that another shot. I love that that world. Like that lore is so cool. A show I'm watching right now is called Arcane. Yes. I've been hearing a lot of people talk about League it. League of Legends. Yeah. And I wasn't going to watch it because League of Legends, but my friend told me, you got to check this shit out. First couple episodes, I was like, this is really good. Sam doesn't ever recommend me stuff. What if, what if I wanted to watch Arcane? I'm not gonna, because League of Legends, but... That's fair. I reached out to her. I saw her Instagram posts about it. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh, is it really like, good? What the fuck is this shit? Um, but yeah, the first couple episodes, I was like, this is pretty good. It gets so fire. Yeah. I'm halfway through. It's great. Um, nice. It, in ways, it reminds me of Avatar, The Last Airbender. Okay. Uh, Character-wise. Uh, it's got, like, you know, where there's characters that seem, like, really, like, archetype, yeah. archetypal, but they, like, go deeper there's, there's like a, than, there's like, like, the There's, like, a subversion and, and shit. Exactly. Yeah. And, and how it, it sympathizes the villains. Okay. That's where I was, like, finding the similarities. Yeah. You know, Zuko's the best character yeah. in Avatar. 100%. Easy. That live-action show is gonna suck ass. Yep, the creators left because they weren't agreeing with the direction, and that's always a good that's sign. All, that's really all you need to know about that. Yeah. Anyway. Want to get into the first film? Fucking movies. Yeah. yeah. Movies and shit. First movie we watched. Ridley Scott, little known indie filmmaker. House of Ralph Lauren. <laughs> yeah, a lot, much like more boring movie like it's just a bunch yeah. of like like just like normal ass people just standing around I don't know what the fucking Rob Lauren friggin', friggin', family is like in House of like Dillards or something <laughs> House of Sears so House of Gucci um starring a whole bunch of famous people doing ridiculous Italian accents Lady Gaga Adam Driver Al Pacino Jeremy I almost said Jeremy Renner Jeremy Irons uh, Sal- Selma Hayek. Jared Leto. Did I already say him? I think so. Okay. Fucking, um, yeah. yeah. A, lot, a lot of people. A lot of people. Uh, Kyle, do you want to do you wanna give us a brief plot rundown real quick before we get into our thoughts for House of Gucci? Uh, yes. So, the very basic, without spoiling if you don't know the true story, is... Um, yeah, read a fucking book. So, so... There's a man, uh, Maurizio, Maurizio Gucci? Something like, some Italian shit. Uh, Maurizio Gucci. Um, <coughs> and he starts a relationship with this girl, uh, Patrizia. Yes. And it's basically... Adam Driver and, and Lady yes, Gaga. Yes, uh, Adam Driver and Lady Gaga. And it's their relationship gossip, uh, like blossoming as she kind of gets involved with the politics of, of running this like worldwide fashion industry yes. with this family who who the family starts to get in these disagreements and Adam Driver like wants nothing to to do with them but she kind of worms her way into the into the And family it's basically business. about how the family, the Gucci family tears each other apart, tears like, themselves like the, apart. Their downfall in a way. Yeah, yeah. Much like uh the downfall of Rome, a bunch of crazy Italians are just trying to stab each other in the back. Absolutely. Um very mixed reviews. 
for this one. Yes. Um, I was very hesitant from the trailers. I wasn't liking the tone. We know you are famously anti-Italian. You hate all those Dagos, Guineas, and Wops. Uh, like you know, you're known to say that violently on the street. So I, I, I was really worried about your thoughts going into this. Yeah, movie. I was, I was playing mafia too earlier. I was like, God damn, I hate these <laughs> Italians. Fucking Italians! You threw your controller into the screen. In locked. fact, we banned Dom from the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Dominic Ragazzi, if you ever set foot on this podcast, Kyle will execute you live on air. Absolutely, I have an axe just for it. I hope he's listening right now. I hope he knows. Um, We're thinking about him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was hesitant. I. Enjoyed myself. I was, yes. I was pleasantly surprised by this one. This is not Ridley uh, Scott's best movie of the year. It's not. But it is a pretty it, good movie. It might not even be in his top ten movies, but it's, it is. Uh, it's a it's a solid film. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it reinvents the biopic wheel or anything. It no, hit, it hits a lot of familiar beats. It hits like like it, the filmmaking isn't anything like uh, to write home about. It's not spectacular, but I think the sheer novelty. Of seeing these actors put on these ridiculous performances carries this thing over the line for me. Uh, Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, and Al Pacino, I think we agreed coming out, were probably the strongest actors in the movie. Lady Gaga's great. Um, She'll get nominated for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Al Pacino damn near steals it in some spots, though. He's very good. And then Adam Driver kind of gets better more kind of when you realize what his like end game is in this whole thing and he kind of like rears his ugly head a little bit i think we both agree this movie is absolutely at its best when it is full-blown soap opera the campier camp when this movie indulges in its campier sensibilities that's when it's really a blast mm-hmm. Speaking of campier sensibilities we might as well address the fat suit in the room <laughs> um, Jared Leto plays <laughs> Paolo Gucci, who is Al Pacino's son and Adam Driver's uh, cousin. And he is, like, the black sheep, like, family dipshit. Uh, And Jared Leto... So instead instead of casting a perfectly good Stanley Tucci or Paul Giamatti that was just standing right there... They decided to put Jared Leto in a big old fat suit and a big balding, bald cap, give him a mustache and everything... And he is almost at Charles Martinet Mario level. Like, he is just absolutely swinging for the fences. Whether or not it's good, I can't... decide the point. I I can't really say... That's kind of not the point. He... This is the most unhinged performance I have seen in a very long time. He's going for it. He's really going for it. And and honestly, say what you will about Jared Leto as a person. I will. He fucking sucks. He's a monster. But I couldn't help but be entertained by this performance. It's it's very funny. It's It's something. It's very out there. I think he hits... I think think the character works because he's supposed to be like... Like a like a, a dipshit weirdo, you know what I Our mean? Our jaw dropped a couple times at some of his at some delivery. Of the, yeah, fucking. Sometimes it's it's straight up like uh, almost almost ventures into Tommy Wiseau territory. It, insanity. It's yeah, but it's 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 uh, never not entertaining. So yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. The middle portion of this film is the best portion. Yes. When when it's a, when, when it's, it's just actually family. A, when it's actually about Lady Gaga kind of getting her claws into this family and like. Working her way up the ranks. And like politics that, and drama. Like, the, like and... the conflict starts to brew between them. Getting to that point is a little whatever. And then afterwards it's like, oh, this thing's still going. Yeah, I, I think the last few minutes suffer from 
it loses that camp and becomes like we have to wrap up the true story yeah. in biopic fashion. It's like, oh yeah, this is where the story gets serious. And they do the fucking thing where at the end they're like, this character went on to do this yeah. and this instead of just showing it. It also has a very strange use of licensed music. Just very odd. Egregious. There's too much. There's I, too much. I, I, and think, some I think there, it, sometimes it really works. Yes. Like, like it started with an Italian cover of... I forget the song. But it started with an Italian cover like of a pop song. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, if that's kind of what they're doing here, that's like an interesting choice. But they, but don't. Then they don't really stick to that theme. So it's kind of like... But yeah, I, th I think that would have been a really cool musical idea for the movie. That and that's kind of what I what I take away from this film. It's kind of a lot of different people and Ridley just throwing shit at the screen, sure, and seeing what sticks. And you know, it's it's, it's some of it, it sticks. It's, it's a lo it's as long and indulgent and messy and lavish as the family that it is portraying. Yeah, and and I think there is an argument to be made there that in terms of that, it is the perfect representation of this story. Mm -hmm. it, you you kind of get swept up in like the glitz and glamour of it. You know what I mean? And and its flaws. While like while present aren't really glaring, you know what I mean. Like like the movie remains entertaining and compelling throughout. I think. Yes. And it is for that reason that I'm gonna give House of Gucci a four out of five. And that's why I'm giving it a three and a half out of five. Fuck yeah! It is a solid movie. Gucci into house. Not for everyone. Very no, I mean if you're not really a biopic person, or this isn't really gonna. Like, this isn't really going to sway you or convert you or anything. Yeah. Or if you're not in, like, the sillier sensibilities. Yeah. Like, like, but if you're, like, a soap opera person and you just want to see yeah, a, bunch of, yeah. a bunch of hot famous people yell at each other in silly accents, this is... For this a is long a, time. Right up your... Yeah, for, like, two and a half hours, this is right up your fucking alley. Um... Do we do we want to get into spoilers at all? I guess it's. it's is there really anything? Uh, I, I, if you know your... I guess I'll put a slight spoiler here. If you know your history... Uh, Adam Driver, Maurizio, that's his name. He's assassinated uh, at some point in the film. And that's kind of the point I think you're talking about, when it has to like cover that section of the story that it kind of stops being so fun. And it, and it just rushes. Like, the last it really minutes, does. It's like, like, boom, boom, like, boom, It's boom. like, oh, yeah, we got to do this part. Um, I don't know what it... Like, King Richard kind of did that, too. Like, like these biopics where it's, it's like they feel like they get to a point that they have like designated as the climax of this person's life and not actually the climax of their life. So they have to like finish everything in text at the mm. end. I don't know what it is. Like, like these biopics just don't know how to end. It's yeah. weird. Um, but yeah, still pretty good. Yeah. What's the best biopic? Social network. Oh, yeah. I wasn't even thinking that. Yeah, it's probably but the yeah. social network. Best like, Okay, if we're talking like like that 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 yeah, that's a biopic, I guess. Oh, you can go See, you, you can go experimental when you with say, your biopic. When you say biopic, just about a real person. Just a, it's just about a real person. I, I guess in my mind, a biopic like covers an, a person's like entire. I guess you're right in a way. See, I was gonna say one of my favorites is that weird abstract fucking Bob Dylan. One yeah, where like seven people play. Yeah, I'm not there. That's uh, a great movie. Spencer was pretty good. Yeah. Straight Outta Compton is the best musical biopic. I've heard uh, Walk the Line is very good. I've never seen the... You ever seen Walk Hard? The Dewey Cox story? That's fucking hilarious. Hilarious fucking movie. That makes fun of it. I can't believe we're still getting biopics with those tropes after that movie came out. Bohemian Rhapsody just has those tropes. Bohemian Rhapsody is, is dog shit. Rami Malek's good. He's the only saving grace of that movie. And also Queen Song. But that's not the movie's fault. I know, I know. I know. You're really going to give Brian Singer credit? No. 
Uh, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, House of Gucci, though. Pretty good. Yeah. Very check, good. check it out if, if it seems like your thing. Now, we... Uh, we we lighten the tone a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. We go on, go on a little go on a, a magical little... joyride a, with a magical family adventure with Disney's Encanto. Encanto. Um, and you want to give a plot rundown of Encanto? Sure. So Encanto begins with with uh, uh, the matriarch of this family kind of recounting the story about how she had to leave her village and everything, and and on the run. In her darkest moment, uh, the universe, like the forces that be, kind of grant her this this miracle, and and uh, the the magic in the earth kind of creates this this haven, this this like safe zone called Encanto, and uh, builds them a magic house and everything uh, called Casita, and uh, her three children that she has are all blessed uh, with magical gifts. They're all given powers, and like the the family as as more as they have more children and everything, they're all bestowed with gifts and all that. And so it is, it's about this family of, <laughs> they're kind of like the X-Men. Yeah. They're, they're kind of just the, they're kind of hanging out and everything. They, they serve this community. They're, they're kind of the protectors of these people that live in this like refuge, this haven and everything. It's kind of like a garden of even Eden sort of. And the movie centers around. The character's name? Yeah. It's a Mirabelle. Mirabelle, who is the only member of this family that does not have a gift. Yeah. And once she kind of discovers that the magic is starting to die a little bit, is, is maybe in danger, she has to venture forth on a uh, on a quest to discover how, how to save the magic. And that's Encanto. That is Encanto. Kyle, what do you think of Encanto? Encanto. I thought it was a very... Charming film. I think this is the best Disney movie since Moana. Uh, I probably agree with that. There's not much competition. No. But I'd agree with that. After like a couple years of some lackluster shit, I think this is one of the stronger efforts Disney has put out. It's amazingly subversive in its themes and its characterizations. Not in its plotting, which is pretty conventional. Like the story is, is, is pretty predictable and stuff, but I think... Because it's so small, I, I wasn't expecting just how small scale and personal the stakes were going to be. Like, like I think movies like Raya are kind of so concerned with being these sweeping epics that they forget to be like good. Like they forget to have like good characters that are interesting and that yeah. you care about. But this movie is really all about the characters. Like that's that's kind of the, the central conceit. Like you spend a lot of time with uh, Mirabelle's two sisters. Who each get a song. One of them is Luisa, who is like she's like the rock. Yep. She's super. Oh, it's a musical, by the way. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. Who songs by Lin Manuel himself? Yes, his best score of the year. Yes. Sure. Um, yeah, you, Luisa, who's like super strong, and then Isabella, who is like uh, like perfect. She can make like flowers grow and everything, but she's like Aphrodite. Like she's beautiful and. And then and, and preppy and perfect and everything. But, like, you, you really get to learn about, like, their struggles and everything. And it devotes a lot more to to the supporting cast that, than I was expecting. And, and Mirabelle even gets a lot of gets a lot of time to just kind of, like, like, talk about, like, how she's feeling and, like, what her problems are. Like, the, like the movie really is just, uh, like, it really takes the time to explore that stuff. And I just thought that was, that was much appreciated, for, especially given their, like, recent output. I agree with all that. I... Th- think the formulated elements did bog it down a little bit more sure. for me but i agree that it's very refreshing to see 
something where like the world's not ending it's yeah. all interpersonal I, I mean going drama. into a Disney movie I, th- I think there's just certain things you kind of have to expect like in terms of like how the story's gonna go and everything like right in a, in a way but I, I even think Moana did a little better at uh, the yeah but but that what I'm saying is it's it's so charming despite that yeah. um I think the songs are bangers. The songs are... Especially the middle portion. I don't think it's quite as strong of a score as Moana, but it's it, the songs are all really good. There's a few in the middle. Um, all of know. them are really visually striking, especially Louisa's song. Yeah. Uh, her, a lot of like cool transitions. Uh, yeah. uh, reminded me of, uh, of of Aladdin almost at times. Like the way the scenes would change and like the anime... Like, like new like characters and stuff would kind of pop in and out and stuff. Like that's, that sequence was... a. Uh, was really cool. Sorry. It feels obvious to say that the animation in a Disney movie is beautiful. I mean, yeah, but, but the animation but, is beautiful. But this, like, and I like, like the every Disney designs. movie is beautiful. Sure, like a National Geographic photo. But this actually has some like character inventive artistry, like going into the visuals. Like it's actually like mm-hmm. interesting and captivating to look at. The colors are really vibrant and everything. Um, and and while some of the family doesn't get like a whole like side plot dedicated to them. They all each get like a little moment to kind of do their thing. Like uh, the cousin with the hearing, she has like super hearing and can hear like a pin drop. She gets a lot of like like play in the story. Yeah, she's got some funny gags. Um, the the shape shifting kid is really fun too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I guess we'll talk about my favorite character in the movie when we get to. Do we already give our scores? I guess we'll get no, this we don't. All right, we'll give our scores in a second, then we'll talk about my favorite character in the movie when we can get because it's kind of a spoiler. It, yeah, I know. Um, if you, you know who I'm talking about. Um. But yeah, no, I think this is one of the stronger, strongest Disney movies probably in the last five years. This movie's great. Four out of five. I think it's a great family film. Uh, I think kids are going to enjoy it, and, and adults will enjoy it. Great too. moral, great theme for, I agree, for kids and, fam- and, and, and families and everything. The conflict isn't solved with a giant fight. Like, it's, it's, it's resolved very, like, uh, peacefully and rationally. This is one... Uh, this is one of the movies that makes me hate ratings because I was right between two. Mm-hmm. It's either a three and a half or a four. Just give it to a four. Just give it a four, Kyle. Fuck it. Why not? I'm I'm just honestly my rating is either a three and a half or a four. Yeah, fair. That's my depends rating. Depends on the day. Doesn't it really depends just on the give, day? Just give it a four, Kyle. Come on, come on, fuck it. Come on. You know you want to do it. Come on. Right now I'll give it a four. Yeah. I'll probably change my mind in like two minutes. Probably. But, fuck but it. it's a good movie. Gets better the more I think about it. It's really good. Uh, best character in the movie though, Bruno, who is kind of. Uh, been ostracized from the family he is kind of not the catalyst but he he's almost the MacGuffin he is the MacGuffin. of the movie because he sees the future he yeah his whole ability is he gets these visions of the future and whenever those visions would come true he would get blamed like it was like he made it happen and so he kind of went into exile after he sees a vision of Mirabelle potentially leading to Casita's destruction and so once that starts happening, Mirabel has to like go and find him, and he is played by John Leguizamo. Very very funny performance. He's awesome. He's he's just this fucking dork. Like he um he lives in the walls with the rats when he when she finds him. He's very like neurotic and awkward and everything. Has maybe the best song in the movie. That isn't actually his song. It's kind of like Cruella, like other people singing about him. Yeah, but that we song don't talk is, about Bruno. Yeah, but that song is really good. I love that song. And like once he comes along on the adventure, it adds a lot of like energy and and humor to the movie and stuff like that. He he was he was a delight. So I had no idea. I I just scanned the cast list real quick. I had no idea that the father of the group 
was played by Wilmer Valderrama from that 70s show. Fez from that yeah. 70s show. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh, Stephanie Beatriz is Mirabel, right? Yes. And she's from Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I think? Yes, yeah, she I... is in Brooklyn Nine-Nine okay. and also in The Heights. Who's she in The Heights? She is uh, Carla. Oh. Well, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I think I think this movie uh, is good as hell. And, and I think the message of kind of like... Like, it's almost like anti-gifted kids. Like, that's kind of the theme of this movie. Like, it's all about, like, the damage that that kind of labeling does to both gifted kids and kids that aren't labeled as gifted. And yes. it, it's it's kind of about, like, like, like finding your self-worth and everything and, and, and community and all that. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a, it's a really cool message for kids. And there's even some stuff for parents in there, like... The the uh the abuela uh, the matriarch almost becomes the villain at one point. She is she's in the antagonist she, for all intents and purposes. The movie doesn't really have a no antagonist for the most it doesn't part. Doesn't have a villain, uh, um, but she is the one like who. Which has honestly been one thing that's been sorely lacking in Disney movies like the past like ten years. Like the last good one I remember is fucking uh, King Candy from Wreck It Ralph. Uh, like, are we talking, like, main villains? Yeah. Yeah. There haven't been any, like, real villains since then. Like, the one in fucking... There's... Uh, Hans is whatever. Fucking... Uh, Hans uh, The dude from Big Hero 6 is slightly better than Hans, I guess. I guess. He's got those cool nanobots. I like Big Hero 6. I know people shit on that movie, but... I like it. I don't... People hate fun. I like it. Uh, yeah. I, I like it. Yeah, you would. Um... What? <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it, but the villains have been lacking in Disney movies. I yeah. wish, uh, I wish they'd do something. Yeah, what the fuck? Even that? Incredibles two. Yeah. That's Pixar, but like that had that lame ass. So, Dumb as fuck. So anyway. Encanto. Encanto. Is that it? Is that all, all we have to say about that one? Uh, yeah. It's it's a pretty simple movie. Yeah, no, it's it's it's. De- I mean, it's a Disney movie. You're either gonna see it or you weren't. But I I I'm happy to report it's one of the better Disney movies from from the recent crop. Better than Raya. And uh, yeah. I'm sure it made hella money over Thanksgiving. I, think I saw it made like forty million, something like that. That's pretty damn good. Uh, Asaguchi made like twenty eight. Okay. Wow. That more more than, than the, the last duel. More than the last duel made in total. Yeah. Fuck. Holy shit. Um, so yeah, go see it. It's good. You know what movie you shouldn't go see, though? Oh, boy. Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. So in preparation, we watched the first Resident Evil. It's fine. Like, the original, the one with fucking, uh... Milovich. I honestly don't have that much to say about it. I mean, there's not much to say. It's okay. Like, it's... The action's decent. The filmmaking's decent. It's Paul W.S. Anderson. The dude obviously knows, knows how to make, like... A reasonably entertaining movie, I guess. It's like a movie I would throw on while I'm doing something else. You know what it's I mean? A cable watch. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, if that, if that comes on TNT, yeah, I'll fucking throw it on. Why not? Um, but I guess they they wanted to reboot this franchise. They wanted to make it a little more like the games. And if by the game, like if more like the games, they meant complete ass. Um, hey, the games are good. No, I know. That's that's what I'm saying. Fucking like. Um. I, okay. <laughs> So yeah, you want to give a fucking plot rundown for that? I'm just I can already feel so in the theater, uh, this movie made me like sweat and get a headache, and now that I'm talking about it, I'm like remembering those feelings, and I'm like, ugh. Okay, so 
Resident Evil Raccoon. Welcome to Raccoon Welcome, City. Raccoon City would have been a better title. Um, Isn't there a game called Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City? No, it was Operation Raccoon know, City. Um, so this one, it's essentially a partial adaptation. It's the first two games of right? the first two games with Easter eggs from the other ones thrown in. And uh, so our our main character is is Claire Redfield, who returns to. To Raccoon City. Dumbest name for a city ever. Ra- Raccoon City, which basically Raccoon City functioned as a... Um, Imagine if I was like, hey, go down to Squirrel Town real quick. Fucking... It be, I'm trying to remember the plot. <laughs> it, be, it, it functioned as the, the hub for, for Umbrella, which is in this universe a pharmaceutical company. And they pull out, so essentially the town is now a ghost town. And she returns because her brother lives there, Chris Redfield... He's a he's a cop there. He's a guy, and um, and she she comes back because she's worried about him because she's been talking to to a conspiracy theorist and he thinks bad things are happening in Raccoon City. So yeah, she goes back. Bad things do happen in Raccoon City for sure. And um, yeah, we get that plot, and then you know we get all the other comic character or the video game characters. <laughs> Albert uh, Wesker. We got Leon Kennedy. You know, uh, Jill Valentine. And from there, they adapt. The, it's basically a movie of two halves. One half, you have the plot line with with Claire and Leon, where they basically recreate the police department story of the second game. And on the other hand, you have the group that go to, to investigate Spencer Mansion, Spencer Mansion uh, which is... Uh, the plot of the first game and from there zombies and violence and uh, uh... this movie fucking sucked I I I have I, I don't think I've seen a movie this year more rife with cliches and and, and just uh, just poor filmmaking from across the board like this this shouldn't be that hard right to make this story like compelling or anything but every choice they make in adapting the story coming from someone who's never played the game i just have to assume based on how well well liked those games are but every choice they make seems to be the wrong one there's not a single likable character in this movie everyone is either a slack-jawed fucking moron or a complete asshole no one there's no one to like or like latch on to you don't really get like a, a POV character? I guess it's supposed to be Leon? Yeah, but, but Leon's so unlikable. I, he, they turn him into a whiny fucking bitch. He's the dude from Victorious. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fucking, yeah. Waste, not a great cast, but they're all kind of wasted. Um, I like I like the I like the lady who plays Claire. She's yeah she's in, uh, uh, in Crawl. In Crawl, she she's okay. She's probably the best actor in this. I would say. Yeah, probably. Uh, Most her- of the other cast, I. Have- I couldn't tell you what the fuck Neil McDonough is doing. Just I have no idea what he's doing. Like it, it's it's like a bored kind of hamminess. I don't know how to explain it. I thought Donald Logue was kind of funny as just like the police chief that just yells. Yes, he's funny, but I think merely just by being Donald Logue. Yeah, he just plays Donald like, Logue. Like he he kind of makes the most of his role. Um, um he's also the Robbie, best part of Gotham. Too. Robbie Amell could be replaced by a lamp. And not only is is it like he's boring in it, like they don't give his he doesn't do anything. No, fucking hey, that character uh, Chris is Chris Jill get nothing to do. Uh, oh my god, Jill 
she's nothing like the games. No, fucking no. So they were, like, trying to do, like, an accurate version of the games, but they didn't get any of the characters right. Weird. And Wesker is kind of a non-presence, too. Like he's... It's so strange. I, I just think that, that that guy was miscast. I don't think he's bad in it. I no, just think, like, he's, he's wrong he's for the He's too, character. like, soft. Yeah. He's so soft-looking. Like, Wesker... I, I, my Okay, I've never played a Resident He's Evil hardened. game. I played like 20 minutes of 8. So my only experience with Wesker is Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Um, and I gotta say... He's a hardened bastard. Not the same. Not the same. He's got a lot of sharp edges. He gets the sunglasses in the end, though. Um, I guess before we rip into this thing horribly, I'll say the couple things I liked. The first 20 minutes aren't awful. It almost tricked me into thinking it was going to be good. You almost got me, Resident Evil! It, it almost tricks you into thinking, like, alright, this is okay. You know, they, they're they referencing the games and they're setting up. And then I realized up. we were an hour in and the plot hadn't started yet. Yeah, the pacing is abhorrent, but... but Another thing that's all right, the makeup for the zombies, not bad. Sure. Uh, there's some cool gore effects, and uh, the zombie design is better than the original Most of the practical stuff in this movie is good. Yes. Sure. I will give it that. And the, Other than that... Oh, and the score's are pretty okay. The score's all right. We, we, noti we noticed the score kind of stuck I out should, I actually want to see, because Ew. he was the only one that did good work, who did the score here. Uh, no, that's sent. Um, <laughs> Mark Corvin. Good who, for him. Who did The Vich and The Lighthouse. Oh. Well, that makes sense, then. Wow, okay. So he's great. Yeah. So, yeah, the score was all right. Um, except the one part of the score that bothered me is they used that, like, singing creepy little girl oh, so yeah. many goddamn yeah. times. Yeah, it's weird. Um, that's such a cliche in horror. Like, that. Um, besides that, holy shit. Instead of adapting one game... To be a story. They decided to cram two games at the same time into an hour and 45. And you know what's even more impressive? It feels like they're adapting five games at the same time. And so you have all these pieces. It feels like like, like the shreds of an like adaptation. They, like they took the first two games and threw them in a blender. Yeah. Like, let's... like. Forgive me for this weird analogy. It feels like they filmed a movie yeah. of the first game. And then cut half of it out, and then film the second movie. Cut half of it out and just kind of—they're trying to put a smushed put it, a, put a square peg into a circle hole. Um, and you know, I fucking—the trailer is bad for this movie, and I knew it was going to be bad because Johannes Roberts, the director, has made nothing but poo poo. Has made just just straight dookie. Forty-seven meters down is one of my least favorite movies of all time. Uh, I hate that movie. You don't like sharks? Uh. I not in that movie. This movie I could have benefited from more sharks. I think. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, just boring. This movie was above all else. This movie was fucking boring. It wasn't even bad in a fun way. Like, like I just I found myself like struggling to stay awake. And I know we kind of saw it kind of late, but like, man, like this this thing just really, really does not hold your attention at all. Say what you will about the original film not being faithful to the games. At least it's not, entertaining. At least at, it's fun. At least it has. One storyline. There is not a that is, there is not a single scene in Welcome to Raccoon City that comes anywhere close to watching the stepdad from Arrow get laser gridded into a bunch of little meat cubes. Right. There's not a single scene in the new one that comes anywhere close to that. It just it feels wrong. It feels like a fan film at times. It, 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 in in its attempt to be right, it comes across so so wrong. 
And then like they rush through this third act where they're doing all these revelations that they don't properly set up. Like they don't, they don't fucking mean anything. Like they, they only mean stuff to the audience because we're supposed to know who all these characters and what all this stuff is. But I've never played the game, so I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know who any of these people are. In that way, it reminds you of, of Warcraft. Yeah. Where I, it's just kind of like lore from the game. Warcraft's a better movie than this. I don't know. I would rather watch Warcraft again. Oh, God. At I, I, don't, I don't know if I agree. At least, I hate Warcraft. At least Warcraft has some good performances. I, it's There's just, not a single it's person. It's so much longer, though. Oh, uh, God. I, 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 hate I, both. I, think, I think Wrecking City felt longer. I, hate I felt both. like we were in there for years. I hate both equally. Um, but yeah, this is a mess. This is, this is clearly like, I, I have to blame the writer, the script writer, yeah. like the, the writing, the dialogue. Oh my God. It's, it's either cliche or stupid or both. Like, like, like all the lines. Are the, like, did you notice that the characters have to say each other's full names just yes. so you know? That, over there, that's Leon S. Kennedy. That's Leon S. Kennedy. And it's like, characters will be like, oh yeah, you told me, like, you, you used to live in this town with your brother, Chris Redfield. Yeah. You told me about that. Yeah, there's one where um, Leon asks, he's like, what's Spencer Mansion? Oh yeah, Spencer Mansion, where the creator of Umbrella lived and then died. Like It's like, bro, what? Every character in this movie exists just to serve exposition, and it's fucking stupid. Oh god. They didn't even, like... So he looks okay. The cinematography's alright at points. There's like there, all... there's like points in the beginning where Raccoon City is just kind of abandoned. You kind of just get these like these rainy like suburban neon okay. shots. That that are kind of cool. That's part of when the movie's almost tricking you into thinking it's gonna be okay. The CG it's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, Neil especially... McDonough turns into a big CGI eyeball monster. Spoilers. Spoilers, I guess. Oh yeah, fucking. <laughs> oh, who cares? Um. Sorry, I I only worry about spoiling movies people like or care about. Yeah, fair. And it just, it yeah, it's awful. It, it doesn't feel right. It's poopy, dooky, ass crack. Fucking one and a half out of five. Yeah, one and a half out of five. I could almost get it to a two for a while, but then it, it just then it, it ends with like a there's an after credit scene, a Marvel stinger. Oh yeah, or fucking Wesker turns out didn't die. I don't see a, a, a future where this gets a sequel. No. No. I don't see the future where no, this. No, 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 no. Listen. And that's, they tried to reboot this franchise because there was a franchise that ruined the games and they're not even going to get a sequel. And that's, and the other franchise had six movies and that's just funny. So what does that tell you about cinema? I'd rather watch almost all of the six Resident Evil films than this one. I, I, I can't speak to that, but honestly, you're probably right. Yeah. Raccoon City sucked! One and a half out of five. It is really rough. <laughs> it's really rough. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's all yeah, I got. Fucking, well, more like, welcome to Raccoon Shitty. Yeah. Alright, <laughs> fucking... <laughs> fucking Christ. Uh, so that's the show, I guess. Yeah. A very unhinged episode of Cinema Shakedown. Absolutely. This evening. Uh, our, our Thanksgiving episode? This was the belated Thanksgiving episode. Technically, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I hope you ate well. I hope you watched some movies, hung out with family. I hope you liked the show. I hope I hope you give I it, hope you all go see I, Resident Evil Raccoon City in theaters. We, we would be very thankful if, if you left a like, a review, told your friends about us. 
listen to all of our episodes at least 40 times so we can play the algorithm. You know, just, uh, just uh, do, do, do every little bit us helps. hate comments. Yeah, fucking no, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Any Every every little bit helps. If you want to go on there and call us like... Racial slurs, like you whatever. Know, you can call them Italian slurs. Yeah, like, exactly. Please. You can call Kyle Cracker fucking... What are you? What are you? Cracker. What is Craig Bomb? Is that German? That's German. Fucking Kraut. <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway um so if you like the podcast be sure to follow it on twitter and instagram at cinema shakedown and you can follow me personally on twitter and letterboxd at kyle Craigbaum. that's k-r-i-e-g-h-b-a-u-m <sighs> big yawn and you can follow me on twitter at v underscore fat man 99 and on my letterbox at my name Jordan Dennis. I don't know why I went into a little William Shatner there. You did? The yeah, end. you did a little bit of William. Uh, Kyle, you want to tell the motherfucking people what we're talking about next week? Next week. Nothing comes out. No. Uh, I think, like, fucking... But, bunch of indie shit. Bunch I, of indie shit that's nowhere near. Bunch place. of indie shit that ain't gonna be playing in St. Louis. So, we're gonna use next week as a little bit of a catch-up. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some big some big movies we missed this year. We've definitely missed quite a few movies this year. I think should we uh, we narrowed it down to a couple. We're gonna talk about uh, Teton. We're gonna be talking about Passing Lamb. You're gonna watch Pig, and I'm gonna watch Army of the Dead. And that is going to be the episode. Yeah. yeah so be sure to uh, to tune in and and uh, hear our thoughts on those. Absolutely. Uh, we will talk to you guys later. Peace, bitches.